any Appalachian Trail hiker will have to deal with this. I mean, my feet were just sore. There wasn't anything particularly wrong. They were just sore. So, yeah. so, uh, so I just really needed like the maximum amount of cushion that I could get. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Christian Ultra Podcast. Today I have a repeat guest and that is Liz Anjos. She comes back on the show to talk about recovery and how she's getting on post-Appalachian Trail. So sit back and enjoy my conversation with Liz Anjos. Hey guys, welcome <laughs> to another episode of the Christian Ultra Podcast. I got my first repeat guest and she's with me right here, right now. This is um, Liz Anjos uh, to... Um, Come back and, and tell us how she's getting on. Hey, Liz, how are you doing? Hey, doing well. Thanks for having me back. I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm just really curious. I'm going to get straight to the point. Um, um, are you going to go back to the AT? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, so it's, it's really funny. Uh, right after I finished, I mean, I got that question a lot. Like I did a, a lot of press maybe the first few days after finishing and they're like would you do it again I'm like heck no like what <laughs> like that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life and now that I'm a little bit more removed I mean I just miss it I love the trail um I, I you know as as difficult as it was this summer it's um one of the best summers of my life and I had um it was actually a couple days before finishing. It was my birthday, August 25th. Um, I gave David Horton a call, um, who had helped me a lot during the journey. And he, you know, I was having a really rough time. And he said, you know, like, I know you're really hurting right now, but just remember that years and years from now, you're going to look back on this and you're not going to remember how much you hurt. You're just going to remember the good stuff and you're going to miss it. And he was right, because it's only, the, I mean, four months since finishing and I'm like oh I wish I were back on the trail so I I mean I I would love to go back at this point I don't know what that looks like I know at least um this coming summer I'm hoping just to get back on the trail not to like do any kind of big epic thing but just to enjoy doing a section or or something so that's, yeah. that's all I know for now <laughs> No, no, but that's, um, you know, uh, there's a Chinese proverb and it's those who suffer remember. So actually that goes against what David said. <laughs> You'll forget <laughs> <No>. the suffering. <laughs> Maybe the rest of that sentence is remember the good times. Um, so the fact that it was the most difficult thing um, without psychoanalyzing you here will mean it was probably one of the most significant things that you did as well. So that makes I perfect sense. And yeah. anyway, I'm out on the trail as long as I can come over to America and stuff so hopefully you're going to come out and spend a little bit of time while I'm out there on the trail as well oh I would love to yeah you're, you're fully welcome I'd, I'd really appreciate to um you know have a experienced um hiker out there with me you know to share their philosophies um let's go back to um when you were uh, j just off the trail, how many weeks, uh, Liz, was it before, or days even, how long was it before you were able to actually feel some kind of normality to your body? Or even a step back, what did you feel like for the first few weeks? What was your body like? And um, how, how did you feel after the Appalachian Trail? Um, yeah, it, it kind of went in stages. The first week after finishing, I couldn't stand up on my own two feet without being in an enormous amount of pain. It was mostly my feet. And I don't know, there was some kind of weird thing happening with my, my circulation. Maybe it felt like every time I stood up, just like, it felt like all the blood was pulling down toward my feet and it was really painful. So I was basically on bed rest. I want to say for the first week. Um, and, and I stayed with my parents in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. And that's where I was when we did our first post AT podcast. Cool. Um, so I, after that, I started to at least just walk around a little, like just being able to walk around the house was a first step. And then, um, little by little, I started to just walk more and more every day. I actually drove, so I, I drove across the country 
um, before the hike. Um, and so it's like afterward, I had to drive all the way back and, you know, that's something like, uh, I don't know, 3000 miles of driving or I, I might be getting that wrong, but, but anyway, so <laughs> I, yeah, it was a long way. So uh, on my way out, I mean, I think I drove maybe seven or eight hours a day, but on my way back, I just did four or five hours at a time and just to kind of keep it more relaxed and get out for walks whenever I could. I went through a couple national parks. So I just went out for some really easy hikes. Um, and then, so I would say by the end of September, I was walking normally. And I even got out for um, a couple days at a time doing camping trips and stuff on the Pacific Crest Trail, which was nice because it was a really huge adjustment kind of coming back to the real life, I guess, after the AT. So um, once I was back in Portland, it was nice to just have, you know, I was getting back into the normal swing of things just with like, you know, my work and stuff. But um, but I would spend a couple of days on the trail each week. And then while I was out on the PCT, I think it was the beginning of October. Um, and I, I was carrying a, my pack and everything. I was um, camping while I was out there. And I was like, well, what if I just like try a little shuffle, a little run? And then I did. And I was like, oh, actually, I feel pretty good. So I, I think I I, I want to say like shuffled for maybe 10 miles off and on. And that just felt really good and it was exciting. And then I, that marked the beginning of my running again. So I started running more regularly at the beginning of October. I started with a few 35 mile weeks and then, um, then maybe by mid October, I was doing 50 miles a week, which, which like seems like a big jump, but I was feeling good and just kind of going with what my body would allow. And so for the next maybe six weeks after that, I hovered right around that something like 50 miles per week and all really easy running. And I definitely don't feel like the same runner at all that I was before the AT. I'm still definitely recovering um, my feet, uh, which got, I would say the worst of it um, from the trail. My feet are still aching. Um, my hips are just tight. Like I can tell that my range of motion isn't as good. Um, from since uh, before the AT. And I think it'll take a while before my speed comes back, but, oh, yeah. but it just feels good to be running again. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty amazing. Uh, but what you did was amazing, you know, um, you know, to um, travel 2000 miles on your own two feet. So I guess it takes time to come back. Yeah, you did mention easy running. So I guess no have you tried to do any, actually, I looked at your most recent run on Strava and it was a, a high seven minute odd 15 mile run, seven minute mile, you know, 750 something mile yeah. per mile run. And I thought, wow, that's pretty good. So that's, you know, you're getting a little bit of speed back there. Seven minute miles isn't bad. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That was just yesterday. Um, yeah, I, I did this run. It was kind of like on a rolling dirt gravel road and, I, I mean, I, I ran pretty easy on the way out. It was an out and back route, maybe like high eight minute per mile pace. But on the way back, I was like, you know, I just kind of want to see what it feels like to just try to run fast again. So I just, I kind of turned it into a progression run and, you know, all of my long runs up until now have just been easy, easy, easy. So it felt good to just push it a little bit yesterday and, um, and finish. I mean, I, the second half, yeah, it was like, uh, mostly low seven minute pace. Yeah. So it just felt good to, to do that. No, I'm really pleased to hear that's, that's good. And I also backtracked a little bit in your, um, Strava, um, did some Strava stalking here, <laughs> uh, because, uh, and then I saw you titled a run, something I think you just made a comment about road running really <laughs> so have, you, have you not done much road running since the AT or? no it is totally I you know I come from a road racing background but it's just really not uh, I I it's just not as enjoyable anymore I would say 95 percent of my runs have been on trails since 
finishing the AT. I mean, something really cool to come out of all of this um, is that, you know, I, and we talked about this last time, like I didn't get really into trail running until 2019. And it was kind of like, geez, I've been missing out all this time. <laughs> like one really cool thing to come out of uh, preparing for the AT was just discovering that I really like trail running. So now that I've made that transition, I guess it's really hard to go back. Like I just, I just like being on the trails. Yeah, that's, that's good to hear. It's nice. Um, I, I'd like to ask you about, did you have any post expedition blues where you feel a little bit kind of down after the big adventure and stepping away from something which not many people actually experience in life? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I would, it, it's, it's hard to say, like, I don't know if I felt blues necessarily, but there's just been, I think, a lot of processing, I guess, and that I'm, I'm still processing since the trail, because I, it was just, and it's hard to put into words, but it was just a really life-changing experience, and I, I, I was talking about this with someone last week, and it, it's not necessarily that, like, I came out of it a, a brand new person, or a different person, or, or anything like that, but it's almost like you just really when, when you're out there and for like so many hours at a time and with your thoughts and then also doing this really physically difficult thing, you're kind you're peeling back all these layers, like both emotionally and <laughs> physically. And you're just kind of out there for like, I don't know. It's like, yeah, it, it's almost like, I, yeah, I don't know how to put it. Um, you just feel really like raw and exposed like for all the like the good stuff and the bad stuff and so it, it just I feel like since finishing the trail it's just caused me to maybe um uh take take a look within I guess mm, so there's yeah. just been a lot of I guess personal reflection since the trail so so it's like not necessarily I'm not like down in the dumps or anything like that but it's just caused a lot of introspection yeah you, you didn't like get a divorce and quit music or something it's not that extreme <laughs> no. <laughs> no 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 yeah it was and it was really good coming home and being reunited with my husband Andre that was the that was the longest we'd been apart and it, yeah it's like uh, I guess and I'm like in Perth but it's like you know, after that much time apart, it's almost like getting reacquainted again. Cause like you, it's like, yeah, we talked on the phone, but, um, but that, I mean, I think that ended up being a really good thing coming out of it. Like, cause it's just like, I, I don't know. I think it ultimately brought us closer together. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. I'm pretty sure about that. Um, yeah. It, yeah. You, st you stumped me there. Pr pretty. You're right. There's so many changes going on. <laughs> and so you you didn't feel down or anything and um did you did you change um artistically with your music did you have any you know um because i know you're a musician uh did you have any has the appalachian trail had an impact on your creativity musically yeah I, absolutely i so i and i've i I, so when I was out on the trail and I, I've, I've talked about this before, but it, it was with all of the hours and the time spent in my head, I would have little melodies and stuff pop up in my head and then they'd turn into just these full blown kind of songs. I mean, they were really repetitive, which makes sense. You're out there just kind of all you're doing is moving forward and doing the same thing. And, um, but it, it was neat to have this, this music come to me that just, matched what I was doing so since I've been back home I you know it was all in my head before it's not like I had an instrument or anything with me when I was out there so I was able to come home and actually like put like start to actually play this stuff and and um and kind of bring it together on the piano and I I guess musically I mean with with the music that I've put out there it's all very pop oriented where the stuff that I wrote or composed or whatever on, on the trail, it's a lot more simple. Like it's just stuff that I can play on the piano. It doesn't have any frills or 
uh, bells and whistles. And I guess when I think of what I want to do musically moving forward, I'm like, yeah, like I'm not really trying to be some kind of like, I like, I don't even listen to that much pop music. So I'm like, why am I writing these pop songs? <laughs> like, so, uh, so I actually, it, it makes me want to get more into, um, I guess, straight up composition or more like not, you know, it's modern, so it's not technically classical, but I guess more classical composition style, uh, style yeah. music. That was anything to come out of it. No, yeah, that's pretty cool. So is that, is that one of the things I mentioned last time um, someone has said that uh, the Appalachian Trail has more miles than we have problems. And so do you feel that you not necessarily problems, but or maybe problems? Do you feel you solved any problems while you were out on the trail in your head and went through things? And, and, and that being one of them, I guess, like you're kind of where am I going with my music? Has it also had effects in other areas of your life? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you get to know yourself better just down to your core when you're, uh, at least that that's what I um, got out of the trail, like going back to all, you know, all this introspect and, and yeah, introspection and stuff uh, since the trail. Um, so, I, so I, yeah, I don't know if I like solved all my problems necessarily, but I, I feel like I became maybe just more resolved in my and just who I am and my beliefs and like what I wanted to do and um and all of that so I I think it just made me feel uh, a little more self-assured I guess yeah, yeah. What, what one second then I'm just gonna grab the door one second The DPS doesn't know how to podcast going on, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, how about when I had you on the podcast last, you said that you were, uh, uh, I think I asked you, were you interested in trying to run a sub 250 uh, marathon because your PB was 251? And you said, uh, no, actually, I'm quite happy because ultimately it was to qualify for the Olympic trials. How did um, how is how was that further processed in your mind since finishing the Appalachian Trail? Yeah, th thanks for following up on that. That's a good question. Um, it's like on the one hand, I still feel I guess satisfied with the everything I've done in the marathon, and in a way, I and I, I forget exactly what I said last time, but I just I felt like I was kind of banging my head against the wall, like trying so hard to hit this 245 and working so hard in my road racing. And just, it's like, you know, you work so hard only to shave like seconds or minutes off your time. Like it gets to the point of diminishing returns. <laughs> and, and then, and then it's like, I go and try trail running or, and, and all of this stuff, I'm like, oh, this is like really fun and I really enjoy it. And, oh, I feel like I have all this room to grow with this new thing. Um, but all, all that being said, I don't necessarily feel ready to let go of <laughs> road racing. I, I think I've let go maybe of, um, of the Olympic trials being my like ultimate life goal. I'm okay with letting go of that. But part of me wants to still keep it up at, at least a little bit with them, um, the road racing. Cause I, I mean, or even just maybe not even road racing, but just running on the roads sometimes because it just feels good to run fast. Like there's nothing like feeling like, um, I guess in like at the top of your game or at peak shape and just like clipping along at a really fast pace and feeling really good doing it. I, uh, that is the feeling that I like and that I miss. And then part of me, I think there's also this maybe uh, notion that once you start going to the really long stuff, or once you transition to trails, that that you lose your speed, <laughs> or that. And like, I kind of want to disprove that that like it's very possible to do both. And I, and there are runners out there doing that now, but it would just be kind of neat to be like, hey, look, you can, you know, you can be a multifaceted athlete. Like you can do these really 
long journeys like the AT, but then you can also turn around and run like a really fast 10K or half marathon or whatever. I mean, Killian Jornay just ran a really fast 10K. Um, so yeah, I um, I that's a really long-winded answer, but I guess it's just to say that like I don't feel ready to just toss away the the road stuff or the fast stuff yet. Yeah, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> I was speaking to my last guest was uh, Matt Fitzgerald, and he spent a summer with the professional elite runners and he got a pb at age 46 239 he'd been trying to get under 240 for i think seven years so it just shows that uh you know i mean you're you're a whole decade younger liz um (laughs) it's uh i don't think you would have reached your potential i think there's still room there so don't give it up Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It gives gives us hope. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. It's like, I age is just a number. I don't think I, yeah. Like you can certainly keep running, um, faster as a master, as they say. Um, Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. You've got, um, an exciting weekend ahead of you. If I haven't got this wrong, is it Hellgate 100 K on Saturday? Uh, yes. I, <laughs> um, so I, I had been planning to run the Hellgate 100 K and it is happening this coming weekend, but very sadly, I will not be there. Oh, um, there must be a good reason. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, COVID and traveling across the country is is the reason basically like I'm, I'm all the way in Oregon and Virginia is, uh, it's a long trip away. And, um, there were just a lot of moving parts, um, that came along with that and just with the really bad COVID cases and stuff. And then, yeah. uh, you know, like having family worried about me and all this stuff. So like, I was just like, you know, I, yeah. So I'm, I'm very sad to be missing it um it's a really special event i mean david horton i like i'm pretty sure he said that hellgate is his christmas like it is like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so um so i'll be there in spirit okay what well, how will you um <clears throat> replace that on saturday I, w- will you replace it with something because i take it you've been training or will you just continue with your progression of training or or do you have another goal which is more local what what would you replace that with if you've been training Uh, for it I yeah I think I mean most likely I'll I'll go out and do my own long run which will will not be 66 miles (laughs) (laughs) because I I mean on the one hand I had been planning to run Hellgate 100k and I was like oh boy this is gonna be a stretch but I think I can do it and um I I had gotten my long run up to 30 miles by a couple of weeks ago or maybe three weeks ago now. And I was like, okay, I got 30 miles in, maybe I'll try to do like a 40 and if I'm feeling good, maybe a 50, I don't know. And it's like, you know, I don't know what I'm, I, I've only done the one ultra. I'm like, I don't know what a training plan for hundred K is, but I was just going to basically build up my long runs. And so like, I think I, could have pulled it off but I think it would have been really painful and I mean last year that I was in the best shape of my life I would say going into that race like I had just run a half marathon personal best the weekend before I went on to run a marathon PR the month after and I remember the day after Hellgate like not even feeling very sore like it was just I was just in really good shape where this year I'm like, oh boy, like, first of all, yeah, I think the race would be really difficult to pull off. And then I would probably just be, it would probably take a really long time to recover from it too. And I, and I would have done it and it would have been worth it at least to me, but, but since I don't have a race, um, I'm like, well, it's probably, I probably shouldn't be putting my body through that right now. If I don't, you know, if I don't have this goal, if I don't need to. So I'm just going to keep it pretty chill, I think. I think that's really smart. I have a little story um, of, my, of my own. Oh, uh, let me just get door number two. Mm-hmm. 
At least this one's for me. I'm excited. It's got my name on it. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I, uh, it's early Christmas. You know, I uh, set a new FKT on the um, Southwest Coast Path. Yes, you did amazing. I'm, yeah, yes. <laughs> oh, did you watch? Did you follow the tracker or some kind of? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah, no, it was really inspiring. I mean, you did awesome and just the it was such a, a great thing for your, your crew too. Cause that's the, your family. Like that's, that's, and they're coming with, they're going to support you on the AT, right? Yeah. There was gun section. Who's a, also known as my yeah. mom, you know, yeah. <laughs> gun section. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and, and so after that, I, I had, I'd pre-booked myself a, uh, a flight to Greece and this would have been the fourth year that I've entered a hundred mile called Rodopi 100. And each year I've got better until last year I was fifth position. So I actually booked it in advance before I decided to do the Southwest Coast Path. Anyway, 20 days is no time of recovery. I went there and I DNF'd at mile 40, not physically, but just mentally, I didn't have it in me. So look, it, as a coach, speaking to an athlete, even though it's a longer stretch, I think it's a good thing you're not going to Hellgate. Um, I think it's quite good for your your motivation, your body to actually just get there when, you, when you're ready to get there. It, 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 but I'm sure you would have done well also and seen everyone. So, but I think uh, it's probably a good thing you're not going. Yeah. I mean, who, who's to say how it, I have no idea how it would have gone, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's true. Like you, you know, you're, um, you've got to, I, I guess, as they say, listen to your body. So I'm sure you made a, the right call if you weren't feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Outside of, uh, you know, Hellgate, have you got anything ahead of you for kind of next year, uh, like January, February, what have you, what you got lined up? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't have anything in the near future, which I think is good just from a, a recovery standpoint and yeah. a building standpoint. Um, but I, you know, I mentioned I wanted to go back to the AT, something I, um, I'm really interested in and planning for at this point is to go back to the Smoky Mountains yeah. in North Carolina. I, as you may or may not remember, that's where I got horribly lost, or at least thinking that I had gotten lost. Um, it yeah. turned out I had been on the AT the whole time, but um, I was basically going back and forth on the trail, looking yeah. for a blaze, wasting a whole bunch of time. So in a, I feel like I have some some unfinished business in the Smokies. And I, I would actually like to go back and go for the um, the FKT on the for the Smokies Traverse, basically. And that it's yeah. 73 miles from the the entrance um, on, on both ends of the park. So I if I did that, um, that would be um in May so that's still a good ways away from now and I have some time to prepare um and then I'm also really interested in entering my first 100 mile race yay uh, yay <laughs> and it's a little tricky right now because so many races were canceled in 2020 um so when looking for a race to enter this year I mean not only uh, do ultras generally have a, a limited field already, just given them that they're on a trail. A lot of races are carrying over their entrance from the previous year to this coming year. So there are so many, I mean, I've just been scouring race websites, trying to find something that has <laughs> spots available and it's really difficult right now. So I have, I mean, there are two races or three that I have my eye on right now and they have registration that's opening January 1st, basically. So I have, uh, you know, I'm trying to make sure I know exactly when the race opens and, or, or when the registration opens and like making sure I have like, have alarms set. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I, I would like to try my first hundred mile race. Um, yeah. And I guess, um, as, as a, a running coach and, and race, <laughs> I mean, you've done, you've done a ton of races at that distance, right? I think, uh, yeah, I'm into double figures now. Um, yeah. yeah. Give me, so, I want, what, give me your like top advice. Like, what are your like top three things like ad advice wise? Well, I would definitely say, rem remember, 
okay so something that we spoke about um and i i call them sliding goals i think it, and, and you said that you actually when you went out to the appalachian trail you had two goals one was to break uh carol sabay's record and the other one was to break jen far davis's record <laughs> and you had to realize your third you had to realize your um third goal out on the trail and that's a difficult place um, when you're all bloody and bruised and tired to realize a goal. So I, I think the first thing is establish your goals before you get out. That yeah. would be establish what your goals are. You want three, really? <laughs> Number two. <laughs> I do. Here we, yeah. here we go. Number two off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> make sure you've tested out all your kit, your socks, your shoes, your race pack. And it's old and it's worn out and it's part of your, you know, go-to stuff. Don't try anything new on race day. Um, and number three is just remember that it's fun and it's, you know, no, no one's pointing a gun at you. It's your choice. And, and that um, through suffering comes growth. So it's the really hard part and the times that you want to quit, which are actually going to make it worthwhile. So don't just quit too soon, <laughs> you know, keep on going. Yeah. They're my three tips there. Yeah. Thank you. Those are good words of wisdom. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. Um, I'm excited about that Smokies Traverse. I was just reading a book. I've just finished it last night um, about Matt Kirk, who um, did a sub 60 day southbound on the Appalachian Trail um, uh -huh. and uh, set a, a fastest known time. And he also did the, there's an uh, acronym for it. What is yeah. it? It's for, for so, hey scar S -C yeah that's it yeah yeah what what a, remind me smoky's challenge um I, smoky's challenge adventure run, run. I, I believe yeah. i hope i got that right <laughs> yeah i think i think that yeah no that sounds about right so that's really exciting what is the record for that currently it, for women it is a 18 hours and that's I have moving yeah, 18 hours and 37 minutes. Who's and, that? Uh, that's Liz Canty. Okay. And then yeah. how about the uh, male, the, the blokes? Yeah, the men's record is 14 hours and 28 minutes, 33 seconds, set by Luke Bolschweiler. Okay, I haven't heard of either of those guys. They've probably never heard of me. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's exciting. I mean, the Smokies is just a... And would, would you go self-supported or supported? What do you reckon? I'll, I'll go supported. I, mm -hmm. I have some friends that are going to help me out. And and I Warren Jupiter will be there. And yeah. um, and then I had, yeah, I have a, a couple of like, uh, friends that are going to, I think actually, I mean, it depends on what the reception and signal is like, but they want to do some kind of cool, like live update, live stream kind yeah. of thing. So we're going to make a whole big fun thing out of it. And, and that would be around May, you say? Yeah. Well, if I, because um, depending on when my attempt starts, if I'm actually in America, I'll come out and um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try and be there for that, a little bit of it yeah. or something. So, <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. that'd be really cool. Um, yeah, that, that, that is exciting. Do you know if you're going to go north, you're going to go northbound, southbound, any idea? I'll go northbound. Uh, I think that's, I mean, just with the like the elevation changes and stuff. I think that just looks, um, I, I don't know. It just looks better from that standpoint. It will end with just this massive descent at the end, which at that point is going to be pretty brutal. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, and I, I think all the, um, I, at least from what I saw, it seems like most people, um, go, or at least the, the more recent, um, record setters have gone that direction yeah cool and it and, and it's nice because it ties in with you know the direction that you went and it'll be cool to just get out <laughs> on the trail and run hard and fast i mean in relate re yeah. re relation to what you know you're doing when you're out there and make Absolutely. sure you just don't get that wrong turn as well you know like get it dialed i know in. or just like be more convinced that it, even if i don't see a blaze for a second it'll be yeah. okay like all what you know what i what i didn't know going into the smokies is that it i mean it is really well marked every single intersection has a, a nice sign and mm. i think i was just like oh no what if i like accidentally got off on a side trail and didn't see it because i i just uh, i it was dark and foggy and wet like there were uh, 
like slippery rocks. I was just trying not to fall over. So I convinced myself that I just got off trail and I, and I never did. And so I guess this time I at least know that, Hey, it would be really hard to take a wrong turn in the Smokies because Mm. the intersections or the uh, like offshoots, like everything is super well-marked. So at Mm. least I know that now. Yeah, no, gotcha. Actually, you, you bring in some question here that I'd like to ask. Looking back on the whole attempt, um, is there anything that you would change? Um, there are a few things. I mean, something that I'm going to do um, is just go through all of my notes, all of Warren's notes, and we just want to be like, okay, like, where were the weak points basically, or where, um, and there were just, I think there were times early on that the, the mental side of continuing on, like just kind of got the best of me. I think I was just, I, I was just so certain that the shin splints, that the injuries that I I was just like, well, you know, those, those things will eventually go away and I'll get back to feeling good. And I just, I never did get back to feeling good. So there were times earlier in the trek where I would, I ended the day early basically in, in favor of just trying to get like recover or yeah. get yeah. better. And then when I look back on those days now, I'm like, well, gosh, I still had some daylight left. I still had, even if I didn't have daylight left, you know, I had a few more hours that I could have just walked Mm. and not have really been worse for wear. It's like, yes, it, you know, it's, it, it, it's, yeah, I don't know. I think I just, um, I was just like, it'll get better. It'll get better. But then like it didn't. And then it's like, well, geez, I wish I just kept walking that day. So I guess if I changed anything, um, even during the times that I felt bad. It's like, just keep moving forward. Just keep walking. Cause, uh, you just don't, you, you don't want to leave it till, till cause, cause when I, okay. So fast forward toward the end of my journey where I was in like real, real, real pain. <laughs> and there were days that I, I think it was, on August 24th, so I believe my third to the last day, I did end the day at six o'clock, but it wasn't, it, it, I really just had to stop. It was really, 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 really bad. And I just couldn't bear to go on. <laughs> and so I, I felt like that was justified. justified. Where, yeah. Where earlier in the trip, I was like, eh, I could have kept going. So that, I mean, that's just one thing, but it's like, I, I have the perspective now to look back and be like, oh, you weren't really in that much pain. <laughs> like you were just, re- you were uncomfortable and yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, uh, it's, yeah. What is it? Uh, retrospect is a privilege we don't have until afterwards. I don't know. I come up with these ridiculous true. quotes. I don't no, even know who yeah. said them. Yeah. I mean, um, what is like hindsight is 2020 or uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're worse than me <laughs> i don't know i'm just joking no um i want to speak about the relationships liz that you formed on the trail um how you how you are you still in communication with uh warren and how has warren impacted your life oh yeah i mean warren and i stay in touch we talk on the phone a lot and um I, I mean, it just feels really good to have someone in your corner that, um, that believes in you. Like that's huge. And not that he was the, the only one or anything like that, but, um, he was just so supportive and, and I, I just feel really fortunate that, um, that, that he wanted to help. I mean, one of my questions to him early on like when I after I came to the folk school and went to his workshop and then um you know we stayed in touch and he offered to help me with some prep hikes and then that's when the idea of the record started forming but I mean one of my questions right away or or early on was like why are you helping me (laughs) like why do you want to help me like I'm not anyone like I don't what and I, I yeah I don't know I mean I know you he you know you just had the podcast with him and he might have 
touched on this a little bit. I think he was just happy to have someone that was uh, excited to learn and just kind of absorb the, you know, the wisdom that he could offer about the trail. And I, and I know, you know, I saw on, on, so he, he recently did another podcast too, and you, you quoted him on Facebook. It was, and I'm, I'm probably going to mess this up, but it was something like a country is as strong as the people that it's people that achieve their dreams. And I I guess something that he's really passionate about is helping people reach their dreams. Mm. And, And he helped me do that. Um, yeah, so I don't know. He he's just been a really wonderful mentor, and um, yeah. So yeah. I I'm just I just feel so glad that like we crossed paths, like yeah. and and got to do this cool thing together. And yeah. then it yeah. So sorry, did you have an? <laughs> no, no. You're, you you could carry on. I've got. I do have a question, but continue okay. with what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I I mean I I was you had asked about relationships formed on the trail um and something that i was very aware i guess that i i would be going into the the trail or going into the journey something i was aware that i would be missing out on was that i'm not just i'm not going this isn't a typical through hike like i'm not gonna i you know um when hikers hike the Appalachian Trail, they, it's like they find other hikers to, to pair up with or, um, or camp with at night. And like you form these bonds with the people you meet along the way. And I, part of me just felt a little sad that because of the, the nature of the way that I was doing and putting in these big miles every day, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to form these kind of, uh, they call it a tra- a tramley, like a, yeah, a family. Family. take the <laughs> F off and put a T on a tramley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess the the pleasant surprise coming out of that was that I I feel like I I did come out of it with a tramley, maybe not the in the the traditional or typical way, but I mean there were so many people that that came out to run with me or um and walk with me and I uh, or support me and they, these weren't people that I I knew going into the trek they just heard about what I was like what Warren and I were doing and wanted to come out and help and I would say I mean most of those people I've stayed in touch with and I, I it's like when you and it's the same with running when you're out there for hours with someone you talk about a lot of things and you get to know each other really fast so even though I only maybe spent a day or two at most with, um, with some of these runners and hikers. I just feel like I formed such a bond with them or, um, a lot of them and, and a lot of us have kept in touch. So now it's like, I feel like I, I, you know, I grew up on the East coast. I grew up in Pennsylvania, but now I just feel like I have even more of a, a connection to all these little communities up and down the East coast. Like, I feel like when I go back to the trail, I do have family. So that was just a really, really special thing to come out of the experience. Yeah, definitely. The people really make up the experience for sure. You, you know, I want to ask some um, um, quite simple questions, which I think I failed to ask uh, before. How many pairs of trainers did you, these are really not deep and meaningful questions. How many pairs of trainers did you go through? <laughs> I you know, I, I don't have an exact count, but I would say maybe eight. Okay. I, yeah. I started with, I think, 10 pairs of shoes that I had practiced and trained in. But then once I actually got going, um, I mean, my even though I, I brought shoes uh, uh, that were a half size bigger, like, because knowing my feet would swell, my feet, uh, they swelled even more than I thought they would. And so the, yeah, the shoes that I thought would work ended up not working. And I ended up having, um, uh, people like help to bring me new pairs of shoes while I was out on the trail. My, my mom brought me a couple of pairs of shoes, what, like up in Vermont. Um, I had a lot of <clears throat> foot problems and, um, it's maybe in the first half of the trip, it was really bad blisters and Warren was always really concerned that my toes didn't have enough room to spread out like 
at, at you know, he would help at, at the end of the day, like with doctoring my, my feet and stuff. And he said that my, my toes were just like curled in um, because they were in that position all day. And finally, when I, um, when someone brought a, a new pair of shoes out for me that were, that fit properly, um, he said that at the end of the day, my toes were like happy flat. yeah they yeah. weren't curled they were flat so or straight I guess so yeah and then and then um from Pennsylvania on so about the midway point and north I mean Pennsylvania as you know everyone says and it's true it's very rocky and so it, after that it was really just the the impact um and and just you know any any hiker any Appalachian Trail hiker will have to deal with this. I mean, my feet were just sore. There wasn't anything particularly wrong. They were just sore. So, mm. so, uh, so I just really needed like the maximum amount of cushion that I could get out of a shoe toward the end. So toward the end, I was, I mean, I had switched to some, uh, the Hoka speed goats cause they just had so much cushion and then yeah. a pair of ultras that they, they didn't have as much cushion, but they had, um, a really wide toe box. Cause I did eventually have an infected big toe as we talked about that got really big and they were yeah. the only pair of shoes that fit my, my big toe. Was, the, so was that like was, a lone peak? Was it the lone peak? It, yeah. It? They were the lone peaks. Yeah. 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 And how, and how is your big, that, the, how is the big toe? Is it back to its <laughs> size of its other, the other um, toe? <laughs> No, it's still a little bigger. It's <laughs> healed, but it's still, I mean, it's not totally healed. Anyway, it's still a little bigger than my other toe. And then it's also very stiff. Like I can, oh, yeah, uh, it doesn't I, guess, have like, yeah. I can curl and flex my big toe on one side, but the one that got infected, it's very stiff. And like, I still can't curl it properly <laughs> like yeah. so I yeah I, I have some issues <laughs> yeah I think it, I think it was worth it um <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hopefully it'll eventually you know get better yeah yeah um how's how's the so you said you feel you've lost your range of movement a little bit are you doing anything to counteract that are you doing any mobility exercises or yoga or swimming or anything like that to get your body full range of movement back? Yeah, I take a weekly uh, Matt Pilates class. I mean, pre-COVID, I went into the studio and did reformer Pilates. So it's like this, uh, it, it's like a, basically a, a bench or a mat with springs and uh, bands and like all this resistance stuff. But, um, but now they, they offer online classes that you can do from home. So it's kind of like yoga um, as in like you're on a mat, but, um, but it's, it's a lot of core work and it's a lot mm -hmm. of stretching. So that I, I didn't get back into it right away. And I think part of it was just like, I don't feel like doing that. Like, it's just not, I just didn't feel like it. But then I started to really notice that like, wow, my body is really not feeling good. I really need to start doing this again. So, yeah. so I, I started doing it more regularly um, just as, as of a few weeks ago, because I'm like, oh boy, I really need this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you, you know, um, let me switch back to the deeper, more meaningful questions a second. Um, do you, are you still teaching the children or is that not going on because of the current pandemic? Oh yeah, I um yeah I had been coaching high school cross country and track, but the sports are um, sadly not happening right now in in Oregon. Okay. Oh, oh well, I'm sorry to hear that, and I hope um things will come around soon, and you can. I, I just wanted to ask. Well, I, I can still ask the question. Do you feel like you'll be a different teacher now? Um, you've come back from such a pretty epic experience. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly helps put things in perspective. I mean, I, with all the, just the, the injury, the, the foot stuff and the shin splints, I was often reduced to, or I was reduced to mostly walking. And I think if anything, I, I might be a little more sympathetic toward beginner runners, <laughs> which um, I, I think it, I'm just like, okay, uh, you know, one of our initial goals for new runners is to get them to be able to run 30 minutes without stopping. But it's like, how do you 
get them to that 30 minutes. So I guess it just has me rethinking like, okay, like for the, for the brand new runner with no experience, like maybe have a little more emphasis on the, like on introducing running with like some kind of run walk yeah. program where usually like, I I'm just kind of like, Oh yeah, just, I, I, I don't think I've given enough maybe specificity to it before. So, so yeah. Um, and, and I think it'll be fun just to be able to share some stories from the trail and just yeah. like uh, put things into perspective a little bit, because there's also times where it, you know, it's, I just motivation can be a thing. And it's like, well, I wonder if any of my, stories of all the the stuff I experienced can help also put things in perspective that like okay maybe running for five miles isn't so bad and and you can do it it'll be fine so yeah, yeah no I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear um I'd be definitely uh, happy to take you know a seat with a crowd or even if it's online I'd love to have you done any um webinars or any talks to more than one person you know, like outside of podcasts or magazine interviews or anything? Yeah, I I actually got to speak to a, an exercise physiology class at um, Greenville University. That's where I went. That's where I went to college. Um, yeah. I, so it was really neat getting to speak to them. And, and it's like, they, you know, um, I would say most of the class isn't necessarily, like they weren't familiar with uh, maybe the uh, you know, they, they were familiar with the Appalachian Trail, but I think the the style that I, the way that I did it, it yeah. just, <laughs> I think they were just like, what? And so they, they were just really eager to talk and they had a lot of really interesting questions. So, so that was, I really enjoyed doing that. It was really fun. Have you had anyone reach out to you and just kind of give you kudos or an email or just say, hey, uh, you inspired me? Have you had any kind of random fan f fans or you know like people just reaching out and saying hey that was so cool and stuff like that or yeah that that was um one really neat thing to come out of it so uh warren had been and jupiter had been posting these updates from i i gave him access to my blog so he could post blog updates and um i think on one of the last posts we shared our email addresses just if people that were following along wanted to reach out or say hello they could and the week I would say yeah maybe within the week after finishing there was this outpouring of letters from people that had been following along and it was just it was uh, overwhelming in in a really good way it was just really neat to see like wow this journey touched a lot of people and it felt really good to make an impact like that and inspire a lot of people. And, um, and you know, in, in the kind of, I guess, post-hike slump or whatever, it, it's really nice to go back and read those um, just to remember like, oh, wow, it was, yeah, I don't know. It was just some, yeah. It, it, yeah, I don't know what else. It was, that, it was just really neat to be able to impact people like that. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I, I, I bet it was. Um, I, I'd like to just ask you um, some questions about, uh, oh, oh, just one or two more questions here. Did you gain or lose any weight uh, in between finishing the AT and now? Did I, your eating habits change at all? Yeah, that, so that's been interesting. I mean, it was really hard on the trail to keep up with, you know, the, the amount of energy I was expending. Right. I, you know, I ate as much as I could, but I still lost weight while on the trail. And, um, it, yeah, I mean, it was, I, it's like, it was evident, you know, my family was out there and saw me and it was just like, oh, that might've been, I, you know, they, they didn't say anything, but I imagine it was maybe somewhat alarming to see that. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, I mean, I think I, I lost something like 12 pounds on the trail which it's like I don't have a lot to lose to you turned up in good shape as well like you said yeah. you know so yeah uh, that's a lot yeah so it um 
so after finishing, I mean, I, I was, I just was eating as much as I could basically. Like I, um, I, I pretty much always had, like I had this reusable grocery bag just full of snacks. It was all the leftover stuff from yeah. that I had in Pegasus, the support vehicle. And it was like anywhere that I went, I, I mean, I had to go to the, like in Pennsylvania, I went to the hospital for my toe and right. like, I brought my big old bag of food with me. I was like, I can't go anywhere without my food because if I don't <clears throat> eat like every hour, it's, it's not going to be good. <laughs> so, um, and, and, you know, event, I, I think it took a while, maybe like a month and a half to, to get back to normal, I got, you know, just like what I was, uh, pre-trail, but then it's like, you know, you just get used to eating a lot. So like, <laughs> and, and also I'm still like, I'm still recovering now. So it's like, I'm just kind of like how in training you listen to your body with mm. food. I'm just listening to my body. And it's like, I'm just, if I'm, if I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. Cause I'm still, you know, my yeah. body is still repairing itself. So it's just kind of this weird, uh, thing where it's like, you know, I swung way one way when I was out on the trail and now it's swinging the other way. But it's like, I think that's just necessary right now. <laughs> it's like my poor body has been through a lot. <laughs> I'm just going to give it what it needs. <laughs> no, it's okay. You know, Liz, there's not many people who do. I mean, I've not done anything like what you've done. I did 10 days, you know, um, with, with, um, you know, going all day. And, and I, I had the same thing. I lost, I lost weight and then it took me a while to put the weight back on. And then mm -hmm. I've put a, you know, I mean, not a lot, just a couple of kilos. I'm three yeah. kilos over, mm -hmm. which is about six point, I don't know, six pounds. Um, but it, it's, it's just like, my body doesn't want to shift it yet. It's kind of happy there, you know, yeah. and, uh, but the, I, I guess, you know, time eventually it'll come around. And cause like you say, healing takes, healing takes nourishment and, and food is nourishment. So, you know, yeah, it's true. Like, I know it's like that, you know, I think like athletes, it's like, we're always kind of aware of that and paying attention to, but it's like, yeah like it might feel uncomfortable I guess maybe like I know this is like a sensitive topic so I'm trying to choose my words carefully but it, um it, yeah it can be uncomfortable maybe to weigh more than you usually do but I think it is it, it's a good thing I mean just to like there's a and like with training there's always going to be kind of an ebb and flow and yeah. it's probably not good if you're like always at your like you know whatever race weight yeah i yeah. agree yeah yeah, yeah so, i totally agree so it's yeah. like maybe just like even if even though it's uncomfortable like no it's just like this is just the the stage that you're in and that's okay and it's not going to be forever it's just like let your body do its thing yeah definitely definitely is a it's the process and and who knows because this is unknown territory you know um i i did have michael mcknight on the show um, I don't know if you listened to that one, but Michael McKnight did the Colorado trail, um, and set an FKT on that, but he, it's really interesting because he has a completely unique diet, um, more kind of carnivore, high fat protein, low carb. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Haven't spoke to him since It'd be interesting. Well, um, Hey, uh, Liz, you know, have you, have you got, um, have you got some tips for uh, people who I'd like to find out, say, a couple of tips off you for people who want to get out there and just accomplish something? I mean, you had a dream and you followed it and it didn't go exactly as you wanted it to, but you came out in, in the world's eyes succeeding. You know, what you did is amazing and or inspiring. And all those people who wrote you letters um, wrote, um, let us genuinely because they were inspired have you got tips for people who have their own dreams and want to get out there and do something um maybe uh three kind of tips to uh, th three stepping stones towards uh their potential dreams yeah i so something i've been thinking about lately and i i i re i posted about this um like on you know my instagram and facebook but 
one thing is that I, I think it's really important to, to start from and work with where you're at. Like you might have a big goal in the future, a big long-term goal. Um, but just know that it, you know, um, it, it'll take steps to get there. And I, I guess where I'm, I'm coming from is that I, especially with social, you know, I'm scrolling through social media and on the one hand, I mean, this has been, it, it's been a really tough year. A lot of, um, you know, people's racing plans have, you know, uh, been dashed, like races canceled or, um, and, but still there are all these pro track meets happening. And it's like, you see, uh, a, a lot of athletes reaching their dreams or like running these PRs or like kind of like really on top of their game. And it's like, it's really cool and really inspiring to see that. But then I just think like, well, gee, I'm just like sitting at home kind of feeling like a bum or, you know, and it's like, I, I know that's not right. It's like, no, Liz, like you're recovering. Like you just did this, you know, a big, you did your own big thing this summer. Like, but I, I guess, um, like the game of comparison comes up and then it's like, uh, I, I just think it's important to remember to work from where you're at, start from where you're at and like, and just take, take baby steps and they'll all add up over time to where you want to go or to help you to get to where you want to go. Um, yeah. And yeah, so, so, so appreciate and where you are at the moment and don't feel guilty about that there's a small there's a small journey in between you and where you want to get to yeah don't don't beat yourself yeah. up about not yeah yeah go on yeah, I get that yeah 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 and I and I, I was thinking about that because it's like I had you know I mentioned uh we talked about that good run I had yesterday and and it just felt like having that run felt like such a win and a, a run like that maybe this time last year would have been like Oh, just another run. But like yesterday, it felt like a really like it was like yes. So it's also like you know don't get too caught up in comparing to your past self. Like like just like stay in the present, stay with where you're at, because then it's like you can appreciate those gains that you're making. Because if you're comparing to your past self or comparing to other people, it's like you can get I don't I don't know. It's like it it's like why you know celebrate the successes um and don't get down on yourself um yeah no, i get it so what you're yeah. saying is like you you could have had a goal last year that you achieved and it, it, it in it could have been way up here and then this year you may be accomplishing a lesser goal but if yeah. you compare it to last year you, you're just gonna feel like you're not achieving anything so just be yeah. uh, appreciative for everything because without comparing it to past self yeah i get that Makes yeah, sense. thank you. Yeah, you, yeah. you put that really well. Thank you. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Though. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I I put you on the spot and asked for for three pieces. Of advice, Come on, at one three. That's oh, only geez, two. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, touche. But now I'm like, oh, geez, two more things. Um, no, one more. One more. <laughs> I um, I mean, this is another. This is like. I'm certainly not the first person to say it, but never give up. Mm. I, I remember hearing, do you, do you know uh, the, the runner Med Kofleski? Yeah. He, Boston, yeah. Um, Boston winner? Yes. Yeah. Boston winner, New York, um, New York City I, I, Marathon I, I, winner, yeah, um, silver medalist in Athens um, in the Olympics. Um, but that, I mean, I, I went and saw him at like at a talk once and that that was something that he conveyed like never ever ever give up and he you know he's he's had a lot of really high points in his career but he's had a lot of low points too he had a um i i forget what he had like a really bad injury and it was so bad that he um you know he he said that he was he had to crawl around in his hotel room like using his arms because he couldn't use his legs and i i guess like there are so many times in his career that he could have quit. It seemed like all the odds were stacked against him, but, um, but he kept going and, you know, he rehabbed from his 
injuries. And he just went on to have this really wonderful career. And, and like as a, you know, his, his New York city marathon win, I mean, I think was at the age of 39 or 40. Um, but, but anyway, I, that's just, I, yeah, I, I guess I just really took that to heart and, and that's, it, it just, it's like, you never like, don't leave yourself wondering. And I, I guess that's what kept me going on the AT. It, um, Cause it's like, I, all the odds were kind of at, I would say midway through, it's like, okay, it's pretty clear. You're not going to reach your initial goal. You're not going to break a record. You're not going to, and I, and I, I could have stopped, but it just, it, I think it would have really bothered me um, if I were left wondering what would have happened. And it ended up being just, uh, yeah, like not necessarily what I was hoping for from the beginning, but I, I'm just so glad I kept going. And it was just, um, I guess, such a gift to have had that experience. So it's like, so I guess the, the moral is like, it's not that it's like, never give up because you'll definitely reach your dream. It's like, no, it's like never give up because like, it, I, it's like, you know, you get to see, um, you, you just don't want to be left wondering, I guess, what, what could have been. Yeah. Well, if you, yeah, you, you, yeah, it's like you say, and never give up because you're going to get to your dream but you, you may see other places on the way that you would have never yes. seen before yes Definitely. thank you you're yeah. you're like my my inspiration translator <laughs> yeah i know putting in the words better than i can so thank you <laughs> <laughs> just call me when you've got to talk and i'll just be there by your side right okay Perfect. over to me guys so what she was saying was <laughs> yes yes <laughs> it's been wonderful to see you again i'm so pleased that um you know, um, yeah, we got to do this. Really uh, appreciate your time and everyone listening to the podcast. Oh, by the way, I just want to let you know that you're the most downloaded podcast, by the way. Whoa, what? Hey, oh my God. how about that? <laughs> so that's the second time you've beat David Horton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll be sure to let him know. <laughs> Please do. Um, but Warren's is relatively new, so we'll see. I think uh, we'll see about that. Hey, Liz, thanks for coming on the show. And um, I'm sure in the future, we'll um, we'll catch up again soon. Uh, is there anything you'd like to, anyone you'd like to say hello to or any shout outs or anything just before we, we end? Oh, I don't, I mean, I, I'll just say thank you to everyone that's listening. And, um, and I really hope I get to see you on the AT. And there you have it, my conversation with Liz and Joss. I hope you enjoyed that just as much as I did. And she's an awesome inspiration to anybody out there wanting to achieve something. It doesn't matter if it's through hiking or learning a new language, whatever it is, it all boils down to the same thing. Persist, don't give up, reach for your goal. And even if you don't initially reach the uh, goal that you'd set out to achieve, you will get to places that you never thought you would be. So until next time, take care and thanks for listening.